0: Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Renegade pop culture podcast this is the second episode of the Renegade Home theater uh, tonight with me I have Jacob hello everybody the man in charge and we also have special guest Morgan
1: hey everyone first so good time to have you on here
0: yeah Thanks. so tell us a little bit about your show before we move on um, oh. your uh, your vaulting show in particular and any other show that you want to promote
1: of course Um I do a, sh- a show called Vaulting. I've been doing it since 2008. It's hard to believe it's been nice. a little over a decade since. Man, I've actually made my first episode.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. That's 125
1: great. episodes, seven Ooh. seasons. What else can I say? It's been very fun. Um, it, I've been uploading more episodes on YouTube, just to spread a name out there. So if you're interested in lesser known movies or some has-been mainstream stuff, I do recommend checking it out. It's a lot of fun. There's time travel, science fiction, Fox Squirrel characters, crazy homeless people. Uh-huh. It's one hell of a series, probably better than Stranger Things by long shot. <laughs> no, yeah, I take it back. I do like Stranger Things. Um, and in terms of other <laughs> things I've done, uh, I do a live stream show on Saturday nights with uh, my good buddy James and Gus mm-hmm. and Cody Klusner. We're known as the Drive-In Mutants. We do live riffs, contests, improv, all sorts of goodies. Uh, it's usually on Saturday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.
0: Very cool. Uh, All right. We have five movies to cover in this episode of Home Theater. Uh, we're going to be covering Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, The Assistant, Clouds, Borat, subsequent movie film, and Love and Monsters. So
2: can we just uh, can I just mention um, why we're doing this particular one? Please it's you. because I celebrated my birthday recently. And, that is ooh, correct Happy birthday <laughs> to you thank you happy
0: birthday jacob yeah, yeah and man. um That's and awesome.
2: also because i thought that this would be a good time as ever to uh talk about some titles that we really want to talk about in the past but we're never able to yeah so, we didn't
0: really get a chance to
2: yeah yeah there's, there there's these one a couple of these that we were just dying to talk about Um, yes <laughs> yeah but now, now we got the chance to so let's
0: get the show on the road all right, sounds good. Which one do you guys want to cover first? How?
1: I, uh, let's uh, let's give the birthday boy a shot here. I mean, after all, we don't want to steal the spotlight from him.
3: Absolutely. <laughs>
2: okay. All right. Well, what you got? Well, here's one um, that we've been wanting to talk about practically since the beginning. It was released back in um, March on Video On Demand. Mm-hmm. It's um, a film called The Assistant. Ah, mm. was
0: it released in March? My god.
2: Yeah, it, was, it was a video on demand it was shown in select theaters before
0: uh, now, now it's
2: available on hulu um yeah so the assistant is about a uh recently hired girl at a f- film company in new york city that's modeled after the weinstein company and a lot <laughs> yep. of unfortunate obvious ways um it's, it's about it's a it's a fly on the wall look at her going through a day in an increasingly toxic environment. Okay, it's it's very much a film of the Me Too movement. It's very slow, very methodically paced. It's very it is just all kind of flavors of uncomfortable. With all that said, I highly recommend it as an incredible piece of art. Do you concur, Kiona?
0: You see why, uh, you know, it starts off a little bit slow and uh, and then it kind of, it picks up in intensity and sort of this anxiety as you go along. I think that for me personally, it, it definitely is a worthwhile film to watch. It uh, It's a lot better than I expected it to be, to be honest. And it has a lot to say about uh, a woman's place in the industry and also just how how incredibly insensitive and cold it is to work in such an office. Um, it's just, uh, yeah. Uh, for me, it was just like, it was anxiety on film. But I also kind of, like I feel for for Jane, the main character, just because it's like, um, I was, you know, my, my family owned a janitorial business, so I know how it's, I know what it feels like to be the invisible person who's doing the work in the office and no one really acknowledges you and Everybody kind of looks down on you, so yeah, it's it's an interesting film. It's definitely worth watching.
3: Yeah,
2: I, I would say, um, um, yeah, the the reference. Actually, I should also get this out of the way. I uh, had an internship, an unpaid one, at a struggling um, tech company. It was like kind of a tech lab um, for people to learn uh, certain gear and such. And um, I, I did I did kind of feel like I was. Um, nobody in that environment i just kind of barely contributed to it um but i didn't have the same um kind of extent that she did i mean she is essentially just an object in this movie she clearly is like and how that she's being harassed um when she delivers lunch to everybody else um they don't thank her for it. they just point out that she bought them the wrong sandwich yeah um you know yeah she they they throw like Crumbled up balls of paper at her to get her attention. They yeah. have her babysit her kids. Um, um, their kids. Um, yeah. And the boss, even though they never explicitly say he is obviously a Weinstein stand-in. Obviously. Um, yeah. They're finding when she's cleaning the carpet, she finds jewelry in it. Yep. And also stains on it. And um, when she's cleaning, and um, she she notices the new hire is extraordinarily young for it to be in this mm-hmm. kind of environment and she's moved to a hotel where he's also staying at <laughs> and uh, and he files she files a complaint or
0: she um, does to this too.
2: one the movie standout sequence i think is when when she files when she explains this uh scenario to the guy who's supposed to file these complaints um he basically berates her and accuses her of just being jealous that this other girl is um, in this kind of position that that she's getting more attention than she does. Mm-hmm. It, you know you're way too smart to be throwing all this away. You know you shouldn't. He also says, um, uh,
0: "Yeah, there are many veiled threats in that sequence.
2: Very veiled threats." And so,
0: yeah, um, um, so. I I think that the the guy that she goes to complain to who's not like human resources, I'm guessing uh, when she brings up all the concerns that she has, he basically just, just like, you know, he, he does the veiled threats and he just kind of waves her off. And then he's, you know, at the very end, he's like, I don't think you have anything to worry about because you're not his type. His type. Yeah. So he very well knows what's going on. And he also just, you know, rats her out to the guy so that he can just basically, you know, ball her out on, over the phone. And it's just uh, it's, it's a crap situation to be in. And uh, yeah, I, I think if I were her, I would get out of there.
2: Yeah, um, actually, before we go on uh, more again, I know you weren't able to see this, but uh, does that sound interesting to you?
1: Um, I'm going to be honest. I nearly forgot about this film in the sea of so many that came out. And for a while, when I heard about this title for a moment, I, up, up, up until the broadcast, I was trying to figure out, okay, what's this movie about? But then, just now that you mentioned the, the plot synopsis, it's like, oh yeah, I remember. This is one of those that I really wanted to check out, so mm-hmm. judging from what I've heard, this is definitely one I'm going to have to see at some point.
0: I, yeah. I did like Patrick Wilson's silent cameo. <laughs> Patrick Wilson was in it? <laughs> yes, he was in it. He was the guy in the elevator that he kind of sees, and, oh. and he's, he just doesn't say a word and yeah. they just kind of like get at the elevator and awkwardly like she tries to get out at the same time as he does and then he's like he's like oh that's okay you know yeah. he doesn't say it but he just like kind of gives her a little tap on the on the elbow and just like walks out first yeah, yeah. and that's another thing i should bring bring up um
2: the the best way i can describe this movie it's basically working girl but without the cheese
3: <laughs>
2: working girls <laughs> a classic how dare you <laughs> it's like no it's like like it's it is a me too movie and that yeah you, yeah you you're constantly feeling sorry like it, like there's it, no part in the movie where she kicks the boss or these uh, misogynist guys in the groin or yeah anything anything like it's not a hashtag like female empowerment type there's, of movie it's just it's a scream of silent,
0: essentially. There's like, there's no so catharsis.
1: So, so so you're saying it's like nine to five, but it's more realistic, minus the subplot where they kidnap the boss and they strap him in that little sex swing in his own bedroom. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it's a little different from it
0: that. Pretty much is, yeah, yeah. If yeah. they much. did that oh, in real much. life today, it'd be a
1: Stephen King story already.
0: Yeah, true. Oh, yeah. Um, oh my God.
1: It... Uh, Absolutely
0: right. (laughs) They're like
1: it's yeah. It's one of those movies. Whack. (laughs) Merry Christmas.
2: It's one of those movies um where it's a lot of it is just her um sorting everything out. She's printing the scripts. She and the release schedules. She's bringing them lunch. She's um and she's turning on the lights and 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 all that and and in those moments they're kind of forced to look at the meaning of them like when she's babysitting um the young daughter of one of these employees you know the girl she's making horse noises and she's having (laughs) her kind of like neigh along with her like make those because that's kind of what she is she's a horse essentially literally neighing yeah yeah Um,
0: yeah. or when
2: or um it's it's to a point where um even seemingly um like benign com- comments like when she goes to the complaint guy and she's that z- he says uh, aren't you going to remove your coat like you know like these Namely, mm-hmm. i think it'd be more comfortable that way it's like on the surface you know that's a pretty innocent comment but in the context of all this it just rings like it's even harder.
0: passive aggression yeah you know and like it's-, it's straight up
2: yeah. i mean, the part where she's like, she's making herself a smoothie. She has like this blender in the little kitchen and she's making that, that the blender's making that loud noise. That's kind of like mm-hmm. her. She's trying to make a, make herself heard in that. Yeah. Environment.
0: Yeah. So, um, um, I, I want to bring up something real quick because I'm looking at this, I'm looking at the Google page for this and um the search results. And it says, so Matthew McFadden was the guy who played the, the HR guy, the HR jerk. And his name is Wilcock.
2: Oh, Wilcock! <laughs> that's that's the guy's. That's the that's character's literally, name.
0: Literally. That's a that's a perfect name for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, Julia Garner is the main actress who plays Jane in this, and this film is directed by Kitty Green, um, who is a documentary filmmaker, actually. And it's almost documentary esque in the way that she just presents things as they are, and yeah. just like jane's day as it just goes along it's it's almost mundane until you get to that scene which is pretty much the climax of the film i think
2: yeah um that's yeah this is it was um kind of um even though it was a hit with critics there are audiences well it seemed like at first like their comments were fair like oh it's too slow or it's too boring Mm. like whatever but then I can't help but feel a lot of the criticism comes from the fact that it's obviously a Me Too movie. It might be. Yeah, yeah I don't want to I mean, assume more than that, but I think I think that is kind of fueling a well, lot of these, a large number of these complaints, even if not most of them.
0: Yeah, I would imagine that that's a that's a segment of the audience. I, but I I think that you're gonna also bump into a lot of people who just think it's too slow or, or nothing really happens or it's that's, like watching that's a fair. person that's, going through the, the day of an office worker's life essentially, and that's you know it it maybe not the you know maybe not something that you go to see a movie for but at the same time it, they're trying to make a point with this yeah so i understand
2: it's it's also an hour and a half long so at least it can't it doesn't ask too much of your time yeah it is one of those experienced movies i think like, it does kind of another movie remind me of kind of was never rarely sometimes always ah uh, yeah it's about. It was also about girls in a misogynistic
0: environment, and it was, that was the one about. Um, oh, what was the? It was the, about the girls who go to New York for an abortion. That's right. That's what it was. Yeah. So you shy away from controversy in 2020.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but um, so right. the
0: assistant.
2: Yeah, it's a great um, artistic little movie. Uh, you should definitely check it out if it sounds at all interesting to you. Would you say the same, Kiana?
0: Yeah, I liked it. I ended up really liking it. If for nothing else, Patrick Wilson's cameo is funny. It's funny Mm -hmm. as hell. I just thought... I was like, hey, that's Ocean Master. Yeah. But anyway. (laughs) So... Um, Morgan, what did you... uh, Would you... Do you think you're gonna watch this movie, or do you think you're just gonna maybe just take a hard pass, move on to something else? I'm
1: I'm not gonna take a pass at this one. I'll definitely get around to it at some point um it's okay.
0: not like i have no disinterest
1: or anything it's just there's so much i'm juggling around right no, now i get for you such, yeah. and such. uh sure. but at some point i'd love to get a load of i'd, I'd, I'd love to i'd love to uh, see this movie because it does sound pretty interesting it definitely it, it definitely could be something up my alley at best yeah not provoking it's, it's on hulu yeah. so yeah definitely check it out
2: so okay. uh, moving on to the next one um it's another movie uh um, movie that I think we're all going to talk about. Uh, Morgan, here's one you wanted to discuss. It's Borat Subsequent Movie Film.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep. the hmm. Hmm. This was the bait that got me trapped in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, there's a twinkier in that box! Borat 2! No! <laughs> um,
3: so...
2: Borat's subsequent movie film is Sacha Baron Cohen's sequel to his uh, runaway hit from two thousand six, Borat. Borat's subsequent movie film. Um, he's so um, the premise is that Borat is in Kazakhstan again after the success of the first movie, but um, it's still a laughing stock. Kazakhstan is now a laughing stock because of that. And so, um, the head of the uh, government, uh, he recruits Borat to give uh, a monkey who is also a porn star to Mike Pence, okay? And and so, uh, Borat, he travels to America to carry this deed. He finds out that his daughter has stowed away and has eaten the monkey.
1: Oh, and no, so she reveals that later. She reveals that later. First, she's like, oh, no, the monkey killed itself, and then later... Oh, half, yeah, yeah.
2: Like, I ate the monkey, by the way. Ooh! The, and then the move, and Shocking. just like the first one, it's Sacha Baron Cohen in character around these people, these real people who have no idea um th- <laughs> that he's just the character, which you know, I think at this point, you know, given how popular Bora was, I think people would have catched caught on by Don't now. Don't you
0: think people would have known, and, yeah.
2: Yeah. And he meets such colorful characters, uh and he goes to he crashes uh the RNC, dresses Trump and crashes. He carries his daughter over his shoulder says, "Hey Michael, I got the girl." I'm like, girl. and then everyone uh boos at him. He also comes across um <laughs> some QAnoners. honors. He comes across uh and uh, he go he goes to a ball um with his daughter ball. uh the a very hotball ball yes, yes. debutante yeah yeah,
1: yeah. The, the, the thanks for giving me that ball. thanks for correcting <laughs> me that term species too <laughs>
3: uh.
2: <laughs> it's a so it's basically a bunch of wacky hygiene and all of a sudden the uh, pandemic happens
3: mm-hmm. which
2: makes things even more interesting so no being around the uh, and it culminates in an interview with Rudy Giuliani that uh was that I very, think we
0: all know about,
2: yeah, yeah, that's yeah. very revealing. Okay, <laughs> yeah, an yeah, entire was, essay so, about that scene. On.
0: Oh god, <laughs> yeah. yes, yeah,
2: um, yeah. Um, I loved this one. I love this movie. It was, it, it was just, <laughs> just like the first one. It was insanely unpredictable. It was just, it was amazing how you know. Like they were trying to improvise around all of these things, you know. They're trying to, it's like, it's like when all this crazy shit happens and they make it flow cohesively. All right, it, that was phenomenal. Well, it's like the first one, it reveals, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. It yeah. reveals
2: so much about American culture that no actual documentary ever could. It's, a, it's one of those reality is definitely stranger than fiction, things definitely. even half
1: fiction. So, yeah, what do you think, Yona?
0: There there are eight credited screenwriters on this movie.
1: Mm-hmm. 8. <laughs> I mean, you got to think about it cuz when they're setting up these pranks, they got to figure out, well, what's the reaction if it's yeah. this reaction or that reaction. So, obviously they have to have certain backup plans if true, this, and this and this and this happen or that if that that happened, if instead of plan uh, B, they got to go to plan U if they yeah. say this or that.
0: Well, well, first of all, before I go on, I want to mention the the, the actual title of the movie, which is Borat's Subsequent Movie Film Delivery of Prodigious Bribe to American Regime for Make Benefit Once Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan.
1: Um, <laughs> there, There's two others. There's And there's Borat another
0: Gift. one as well, yes.
1: Yeah. Uh... I, I, I just say, the second one, okay, for first,
2: there are actually three. Uh, no, yes. there are actually two more. Yep. It's, Borat gifted daughter to Michael Pence from Make Benefit Diminished Nation of Kazakhstan. And, uh, Morgan,
1: want to read the last one? Borat delivery of sexy gift to Rudy Giuliani in last-ditch attempt to save Borat from execution, Make Benefit Diminished Nation of Kazakhstan. Thank you very much. Yeah. I like the fact that Mike is spelled M-I-K-H-A- E-L. Yes. Because, you know, Kazakhstan.
0: Yeah my so, goodness uh,
1: they're 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 not too happy about the borat character
0: I, i'm sure they're
1: except not. for the catchphrase they they've used the catchphrase as a tourist attraction the the, the very nice they've <laughs> very nice. that's the only that's the only thing that they benefited from this movie everything else they just said no keep that character away from us we do not want anything to do with them yeah
0: well I, I will say that you know I, my favorite thing about these movies and about Sasha Baron Cohen's his his sort of prankster you know the the things that he does as like a prankster rather than an actor is that he he brings out a lot of like hidden things or like you know in the reactions of people and in who he meets there's like there's always that element of like you never know what you're gonna get and it's amazing to me that like you can come across you know just 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 regular people living their lives and then hear them speak and it's and it's just like there's just some stuff that is out there man
2: i yeah. like when she when he has <sighs> when he and his daughter go to a baker and he has her um right the jews will not replace us on a cake and yes. the baker's absolutely uh, fine uh, with it yeah
0: yeah yeah he's yeah yeah they're like they're like whatever you know yeah um yeah. and i really like, loved i loved the the i swallowed the baby <laughs>
2: Oh yeah! Immediately after that, god. when the daughter she eats <laughs> cake with a baby on it, oh and my then,
0: god! He <laughs> takes her,
2: and then Borat takes her to a crisis pregnancy center, <laughs> and she said, "I have a baby and me. You have to get it." Like, no, I can't do that. It's a kid from God. And then, yeah, and then he tells her, "I put the baby in her. Like, he, like you're He's her like, well, father, he... and you gave her this baby." And well. Like,
0: well, the important thing is uh, that that we think about the baby.
2: Yeah. First, um, uh, and, you it's know, been, it's been God brought this life. This, but, yeah. So, and I was uh, just
0: like, "Oh man."
2: And um, another, um, I uh, Morgan, before I hear your opinion, another standout scene Go is
1: on. When, enjoy your last few minutes on earth while you still can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, no, 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 I don't want to say too much serious. about it
0: because I just want I, I want Morgan to have his time here. So. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. In seriousness. So, so,
2: um, for, for, he, um, after, um, he heard the horrible truth on Facebook that the Holocaust causes greatest triumph never happened, Okay, he goes to a synagogue in the most incredibly anti-Semitic disguise ever, with a long nose, um, devil horns, and uh, a way. puppet, so a, a like little
1: Chernabog from yeah, it's like
2: no it's like a it's a marionette on it and a real jewish okay as you know sasha van cohen uh he informed um the woman that he was talking to of this mm. joke it was actually was a holocaust survivor mm-hmm. so that's that's what i staying out is that that was one t- where he did great character um
3: yeah another I, example sure of this scene
2: alone is how bo- these two boards are just like the only thing you can Anyone, no matter what your thoughts on these movies, all you can say watching it is, "Oh my god, <laughs> it is the most. They are the most. Oh my god, movies of all time. I think it's like, wow, they're
3: really going there." Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay, so Morgan,
1: what are your thoughts? <laughs> okay. <Deep breath. laughs> I I'm gonna be. As i can here first off this is not the worst mockumentary documentary of 2020 um i'm gonna say that right on the line i don't think it's the worst movie of last year no uh there has been worse like death of 2020 for I reasons know. i kind of like that one <laughs> uh it, well it was okay and then they went to the george floyd stuff and it got a little oh true true yeah you're thing. right about that you're i right mean if that. you're gonna make a comedy out of tragedy at be, least careful. Be, yeah, exactly. be careful yeah exactly yeah there's subtle. some yeah
3: yeah that yeah, was a little some... bit
0: weird
1: you can yeah, make cracks something... <laughs> you can make cracks about the titanic but you can't make cracks about the survivors or the people that died on the titanic right. um right so i rewatched watched uh borat one before said movie came out mm-hmm. and it's okay there's parts it that hold up there's still parts it that feel like oh wow i can't believe people like this exist um that came out in 2006 i believe it was i was i think it was like maybe in high school when that came around if i recall correctly uh but that was just like the biggest the biggest thing going and then Mm -hmm. as the years went by i just kept thinking of the repercussions of the other people that were part of this and part of that Mm -hmm. um some of the sane people that were like, oh, wow, we didn't know this was a documentary because it's true. There's people from foreign countries that come over and they'd actually do like little documentaries or research, see what different countries are like. Well, Mm -hmm. thanks to that, that's going to be a little more conspicuous. So then you have the copycats and things like that. And uh, Sasha Baron-Conan, he's an amazing actor. He's a very intriguing actor. When you see him in a very small role, he gives it his 110%. I'm looking at stuff like Sweeney Todd when he played uh, Pirelli, uh, Les Miserables in you know, Masses of the House, and the policeman in Hugo, and he really gives it his 10%. As a character actor, he's really good, and he's very intriguing, and okay, he's using those abilities to like, point out the fools and who the idiots in society are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think for me, the shock value just sort of diminished over the years. Because there's been so much stuff going on in the news. There's uh, other podcasts called What the F is Wrong with You. Uh, again, I don't know if this is a PG 13 podcast. I'm trying to be careful. That's
0: not. It's not.
1: Oh, for fuck's sake. That's great. Uh, yes. <laughs> Eddie,
0: can we say beep?
1: Un- Certainly can't. Not young man. No.
0: Unleash uh, the house. God.
1: No. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> there's a podcast called What the Fuck is Wrong with You with Nash Bozar that's pretty intriguing because that really mm. goes deep into what's really happening in the lesser news and there's so much stuff on that podcast it's just like oh my god i yeah. can't believe it's happening but it has i'm still questioning how <laughs> how one guy could set his trailer on fire just to get squirrels out <laughs> that happened. <laughs> you see the
0: difference between that and this i
1: because you can think that no one being this possibly stupid, but no, it's true.
0: It's the Darwin Awards.
1: Exactly. You have a guy that, yeah. <laughs> that has foreplay with a, with, a dead squ- uh, with a dead squid, and he goes off to the police saying, well, it could be an octopus. Okay, let him go, because we don't know if it's an octopus or a squid. What? <laughs> uh, it's things like that that make me realize, okay, I can't be shocked anymore. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. then I see this movie, <laughs> and it just feels like the same material that Cohen has done prior. And okay, yeah, thanks I, to would... the th- th- Thank thanks to the Showtime series, uh, Jason yes. Spencer is no longer the representative of Georgia, so there is some good there. Yeah. The problem I have is repetition. It's the delivery of the humor, how he's doing these pranks, mm-hmm. the authenticity of these pranks, because as we <laughs> point out, there's somewhere he had to inform said person if this and this. Uh, the deputé yeah. ball apparently was staged. Well, not really staged. What I meant to say was, they said it was a deputate ball that was filming for a coming of age thing. And yeah, oh yeah, let's it's the the jokes. Oh my goodness, they go balls to the wall. It's not it's not Freddy got fingered bad, but we're talking <laughs> about a scene where they're doing uh, Borat and his daughter are doing a dance on the floor. Mm-hmm. And because she's menstruating, and yeah. I remember telling a friend of mine what happens during said scene, and he gagged. He really gagged so bad. He's like really easy to gag. You can tell him what happens in the movie Cuties, and he'll just grab a button and go. Mm-hmm. Oh, my tuna fish sandwich. Yeah. So it's just the the risks that uh, Cohen takes to do these stunts and create these things are interesting, but. What is this risk for? It's to prove that there are loonies, there are idiots. Okay, but that's what the five o'clock news is for. Um, mm-hmm. And like I, I said, point. yeah. And like I said, repetition. This is the same movie. If you played this Borat and Bruno simultaneously, you could see the story beats. This is where the breakup happens. This is where
0: yeah, yeah, he does
1: this big giant group thing. Uh, yep. The scene where he's singing, you know, throw this down the well, throw that down the well. How's that? How's that different from when he goes to the rodeo and sings the Kazakhstan national anthem? Hell, <laughs> there was a group of people that nearly killed him. There's behind-the-scenes footage on Cohen's Twitter where people figured out it was Conan, and they were rushing after that fucker. He just like literally gunned it into his trailer. He's holding onto the door shut like it's something out of Twister. I remember that. Kidding. I remember
0: seeing that. I'm not yeah. kidding. Yeah. So
1: it's like, okay, kudos to you, dude. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the Rudy Giuliani <laughs> scene, okay, I can see where people are coming from this.
0: Mm-hmm. On
1: one hand, yes, he's tucking his shirt in, but here's where I stop. Here is where I stop. Number one, why would you ask said person in the bedroom if you're just simply going to remove your mic? Number two, why are you asking for their phone number and email address
0: mm-hmm. without purpose?
1: mm mm-hmm. There have been certain cases where I used to be a, a journalist and stuff. There have been certain cases where they kept in contact with me like, oh, hey, you want me to see what this article is like? And so forth and so forth. OK, mm-hmm. fine. If it's that, if it's just for that, just say that's the reason. No, he doesn't. Unless there's a scene snipped out or something. But regardless, mm-hmm. he asks without, you know, any purpose behind that. And the way he's tucking his shirt in, I believe, is where that is where the line in the sand is clearly drawn. Yeah, it's like okay, if you're just tucking your shirt in, fine. Why are you sitting on the edge of your back like an overthrown yeah. turtle? Yeah, in the way where the hand is positioned,
0: yeah. I mean, it's no,
1: I'm sorry, yeah. no, no, I can believe you're tucking your shirt in, but the way you're doing it, he also really has me scared. He also put his hand nice. on her
2: hip, yes, yeah, there's that, that. And, and the there, booze and stuff. It sounds like they, it, pretty... they, were, they, were yeah. they were tipsy, you could tell they were tipsy. And yeah. also, also point out, um, Borat he risked his life. Uh, Sasha he also risked his life too when, um, he goes to the March for Our Rights, uh, thing like with those QAnon people, mm-hmm. and and he sings that song, uh, the Wuhan flu yep, about how we should all inject about. Obama and, uh, um, 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 Anthony, what's his name again? Oh, Journalist Fauci. talking about Fauci. 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 Oh. Uh, we're gonna inject fauci with the uh the flu yeah. we're gonna inject all these journalists and all these yeah scientists and, yeah. And but the thing and, is
0: and, the thing is people cheer for that and people want that and, that and those people kind of really,
2: they're kind of he does he puzzles armor like this and people imitate and it looks exactly what it looks like mm. and yeah i, I actually know like i i still enjoy this movie these two just I'm just amazed by how much
1: balls Sasha had. <laughs> yeah. Like you I mean, just... they do try to change things up a little bit with a daughter, but come on, that scene with the feminists, that's almost just like the first one where Borat is in that group of feminists who goes, you should smile more often. You should this. Yeah. Here, there's a scene was... where she realizes that she's free to do things. She's not under Kazakhstan's buckle of their treatment of women and stuff, and she's telling them to freely masturbate. It's like, I'm just sitting there <laughs> going, come on. No, please don't. No, no. I know you're going, but this is just so painful. And the way they drag it out—it's the same, the same issue with the scene where they go see the doctor. Just tell her that she ate a baby toy. No, that's not funny. Okay. It, it's not funny that way. They just come out and say it's a little plastic creature yeah. inside of her. Okay, I'll give it this much: the the aftermath where she's in the jaw, that was kind of funny. Because you're just, <laughs> yeah. you're just right. thinking what these other people are thinking when they're hearing these sounds and stuff. It's like, uh, yeah, it's kind of. Um,
0: I didn't mind it so much Because I like to make fun of those people but that's
2: yeah, yeah that's another thing I just, it's, it's just so satisfying To see mm-hmm. Sasha take the piss out of these people just, just show them for what they truly are Actually what's yeah. funny is uh, When she's at the um, Republican Women's sort of thing um, yeah, That's the thing I don't well, mind that She's kind of long. Being easy on these people But then she goes into the bathroom To get that book That Borat gave her about why girls shouldn't masturbate. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, I just like, um, this this movie's pretty. I'm still like, I know it it is repetitive. I totally get what you're saying, Morgan. It kind of repetitive, but it was they're both just completely batshit enough where I was able to look past that. person. that that is my opinion, but I just, it's just. When a movie has that much of a what-the-hell type of factor to, yeah. to it, it, I just couldn't help but be enamored by it. Um, also, it's, it's funny how he was just there to um, uh, do this expose on how American culture hasn't changed since 2006, and then the pandemic happened, which just opens up another massive can of worms that they worked around beautifully, and this movie had a brilliant
3: brilliant
2: oh. plot twist. Oh As where, well. yeah,
1: I we we the, it's oh, I'm not going to I'm not going to spoil yes. that, but it's I yes. we didn't spoil it, but I I yeah. did kind of predict that a little bit, but yeah, it's like yeah. I mean, even near the end like, "Oh, are they going to go in this direction?" Oh, the god they did. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll give them I'll give them credit for the balls they had to make this thing, but uh I people like it i don't that's that's fair <laughs> it's, it's, That's just... fair
0: enough man yeah uh, completely
1: so, some of the stuff was kind of funny like when he um like when he meets up with like the the costume the the guy with the Halloween me masks and stuff that was kind of interesting there's more of that in yeah. the trailer where's yeah. that stuff i want to yeah. see that stuff in the trailer you know where's there, that there is,
0: there... yeah you're right yeah. yeah well i watched both borat one and two back to back and let me tell you i was a little bit like Okay, I think I've had my fill of it mm, towards the end, good. but um, but overall, I would say that I liked it. I, I, yeah. you know, like I said, I, I enjoy irony. So, yeah. at, at
1: the time when I saw it, I'm just like, really, do we need another thing to tell me that 2020 sucks? And then, with the way the elections turned out, I'm looking back at this movie, going, maybe there was some good that came out this after all. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Uh, but, but my opinion, my opinion clearly remains because mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. it's. It does try to do different things in different scenarios, but I don't think it was enough for me to say mm-hmm. this is worth checking out. If you're a fan of Borat, that's, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um on my Richter scale, I'd say maybe one out of five stars. That's as generous as I can go with this film. <laughs> mm. okay. it's, that's that's it's but it's uh no, zero, zero stars George... is bad grandpa. Don't get me started.
2: All right. But, um... <laughs> Alright, well, but um anyways, um shoot uh it's it's on actually as I gotta say, um I was a kind of hesitant to watch um this movie before the election because I didn't want to jinx it. <laughs> I didn't want like I was afraid that oh that this <laughs> if I watched this that this means that, that Trump would win. <laughs> but but thankfully so now actually I think I watched it um january 20th just a few days ago um oh. the day that biden was sworn in so yeah i think i could i could watch that at ease all right i do i, I do kind of kind of wish that um uh, sasha was able to do a scene when they were uh, storming the Capitol. that would have been funny uh, no oh, Lord. no
1: no god no no Ooh. no 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 no, no, honey <clears> no <throat> no p.s you want to see a true boy i3 go watch orange pranks on youtube but no no, honey. Okay. No, 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 no. All right. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, wow. What if he was Look, You could, you could it's make okay. jokes about Fred Flintstone and his water buffalo crew going to the Capitol, but making jokes about that. Uh sorry. That's okay. Fine. That's about Everest. We can't blow up right there. Yeah, Borat, Okay,
2: Borat too. It's on Amazon Prime. Check it out mm. if you want to. All right. Okay. Moving on to something a little more uplifting is
1: one clouds.
0: Ah, Clouds.
1: Oh, no, Clouds. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Morgan, you just watched this, right?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> we were in stereo at that point. We um, were.
0: We were. Yeah. That was very good. That was very, Synchronized. Synchronized Clouds. All right. Uh, yes, Morgan, it's, it's, you just watched this, so you want to give us the synopsis real quick?
1: Oh, man. Uh, this is a biographical drama based on the true story of Zach Sobik. I apologize if I pronounce his name wrong. Um, He is the songwriter behind the song clouds which came out in 2013 Mm -hmm. and formed a little band i believe if i recall correctly their name was a firm handshake i think it was called yeah firm handshake thank Mm -hmm. you firm handshake and it details what happened to him between his final months because he has bone cancer Mm -hmm. and those kinds of movies are intriguing because, on one hand, it can accurately portray what that person was like within that time, what they were going through. On the other hand, it's not 100% factual. It will just be a straight up dramatization. And in a way, this feels like a little bit of both, but I can let that slide because this is a well made movie. There are some good performances. from the teenagers um especially from the older actors too like ned campbell and little ray Howley. which by the way little ray howley was the saving grace of get out that's the only reason i actually gave a pass at get out because of little ray that little rel um oh yeah he's uh, great
0: in the movie yes i really liked him in this
1: i I, I want to see little rel and more stuff he's he's so underrated yeah um but no there is a lot of good emotion here there is a lot of drama especially when they're showing you know zach going through the emotions and realizing that he doesn't have much to live and just to see Mm -hmm. him express all this through song and these different numbers is very interesting i thought that was kind of unique um the problem i have and this is something that i've come accustomed to with most biography films Mm -hmm. is they do like to dramatize stuff just for the sake of adding plot conveniences and things like that yeah um a prime example is near the end when they have a concert and something happens i'm not going to spoil it but that's not what happened in real life it was something entirely different and to see a movie take that and interpret it differently in a different way is kind of annoying Mm because it really does kind of it's very on the fence because you don't know if they're paying Respect to said event or not there's a character that sabrina carpenter plays called sammy who's zach's Mm -hmm. best friend Mm -hmm. and in real life they were best friends in childhood like real good best friends the movie hints off that she was uh she has like this crush on him and things like that and it just felt really weird to see really really mm-hmm. weird mm-hmm. so to see that and then look at the after and look okay okay how does this match up it just felt kind of awkward especially how the film delivers it because we don't need this three-way triangle like something out of uh um, midsummer night's dream it just seems a little too much
0: not to mention um, that they didn't do anything with that really exactly in movie, so in other just, words more yeah, didn't go you're anywhere. Saying it's, yeah
1: in other words Morgan, you're saying it's a little manipulative Uh, I wouldn't say manipulative. A better example of manipulation is... What's a biopic that really pissed me off outside of Wired? Um, Patch Adams.
2: Yeah, I knew you were going to say that.
1: That's that's the easiest example I can think of right now, Mm because I've been avoiding bad biopics like the plague as best as i can yeah uh, my, fa- my, my favorite is man on the moon i know there's moments of man on the moon where it does feel a little manipulative but at least there's a genuine to it especially at the beginning when they address in man on the moon that it's obviously a fictionalized
3: mm-hmm. telling
1: so at least that helps it a little bit if you address that it's a fictionalized film that's fine if you're doing something that says based on a true story that's where you're really gonna find yourself really in the middle of the fence. Buddy, another good example um, about Gertrude oh, what's the, the gorilla that was taken in by the lady that had the dogs and stuff like that. a lot of the stuff buddy buddy yeah with the gorilla. Um, a lot of the stuff that happened in the film was not very very accurate considering mm-hmm. it was falling two stories of different gorillas and mixing them together. I'm, I'm totally not kidding. Uh, the, the, the stuff with, um, Madison is Mel is a man. I, I promise if I mispronounce these names, mm-hmm. I apologize. Um, uh, Madison's character, Amy is Zach's girlfriend. That was, there were, there were where it was kind of interesting. Like when he realizes mm-hmm. he has a terminal illness yeah. and he meets up with her again in the hallway and he's afraid to see her because he had to go to the hospital. He didn't want to, but he was forced to. Yeah. Um discover that he has a terminal illness and he meets up with her later in the hallway and he reveals her that he has a terminal illness. That's a really good scene. There's mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. emotion there. You don't need much dialogue. You just hear, she, she says something and then he doesn't say anything. He, she starts to walk away and then he says, I'm terminal. She turns around, gets it, hugs him. And it's, it's such a well-directed moment that I wish there was a lot more scenes like that. And there are, there really Mm -hmm. are, regardless they change the events of the, of what happened in real life here and there. I mean, there are some things that did happen. Like, yeah, he did uh, drive around a Nissan GTR for a little bit and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then there are some things they leave out that I think would have made for something more interesting. Like um, his girlfriend did go on a picnic with him eventually in the stadium of, the minapolis football stadium which is kind of neat hmm. so okay that that could have been you know something to toss in there as like an uplog but oh no 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 we got to keep this emotional and uplifting and wrap it together and stuff mm-hmm. and there are like some little things here and there. They're, they're nitpicky but it's like oh, well, you could have made this a little more emotional if you had neville campbell like crying into a stuffed animal that he had instead of just a pair of pants it just feels a little weird there's a scene near the end where she's folding pants and it's after he passes away. Oh, Spoiler alert. Um, there's a scene where she's folding pants and it's right after he passes away. And you hear uh, Amazing Grace. And mm-hmm. she pauses, puts her head in the flannel pants and it's clear that she's crying. Like, it's no, no, that's a little too awkward, man. Yeah. Don't do stuff like that. But I, I can give this movie at least a hangering of a pass because the emotion is there. The performances mm-hmm. are there. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a movie that was going to be released through Warner Brothers, but for obvious reasons that did not happen. Uh, so as far as biopics go, this one is not really that half bad. I'd say there's some good performances, there's some well-shot scenes that do make it at least worth a watch at best.
2: Yeah, um, I, I suggest that we talk about this because I was honestly pretty moved by it. I actually was, I think what stop it i totally get what you're saying morgan it is kind of it does kind of force the heartstrings a little bit um it was still authentic to me because i liked how zach wasn't a self this is depict as just a self-pitying kid i liked mm. how he would just he would goof off like it actually starts with him he's at um a talent show at his high school and he's thinking about how sexy he is despite his bald head
3: mm.
2: he's a kid who yeah he cracks jokes here and there he's you just kind of like, you know, it just that just kind of like it felt real He's enough. He's trying to, to add even, humor into a, a dark yeah, situation. exactly. He was trying to add humor, yeah. like I like I said, it wasn't like a. I just I liked the family dynamic. I liked how these family. I liked how they worked off of each other. I I generally felt help happy when they were listening to Clouds hearing that the song that he wrote. It was playing on the radio. That actually, and them getting all excited about it. That that scene moved me actually a bit and i don't know clouds it just i just enjoyed it for its overall optimistic spirit like i mentioned when me and michael were talking about um white lie i described that movie as the anti-clouds just because that was about a (laughs) person who fakes cancer for um for charity so monetary gain donations yeah donations to her and like I, I totally, I share a lot of criticisms you have, Morgan, about this kind of inspirational biopic. But I think what I can say that I liked how it told an inspirational story that happened recently. I think that kind of like it didn't really depict Zach as this great historical figure or whatever. It was just no, a kid who was no. trying to get by. It just moved. I just think the story itself um, was moving enough that you know he was a kid who didn't have a lot. Who lived his life to the fullest and like in those mm-hmm. full years and that that was able it was able to circumvent any parts where I would normally roll my eyes at like kind of I don't know I I don't again I totally understand but you know I just and as t- talking to someone who almost lost a friend of his to cancer all right oh, a, a yeah. close friend of his
1: yeah I... that's that kind of added an extra layer to it personally for me I. I, I respect it. I really do. Uh, I think, in terms of to compare, uh, you remember a beautiful day in the neighborhood with Tom Hanks.
0: Yeah. Yes. I would them. probably
1: put this movie on the same level as that one. It's not saying this is a historical figure. No, this is someone that wanted to make a difference, no matter how yeah. big or small. That's that's probably the best way to compliment this movie.
0: That's actually a pretty big compliment, in my opinion. Yeah. 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 So what did you think? I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought the performances were great. I thought uh, I I didn't expect much from it, and it ended up being, you know, yeah, ended up being pretty inspirational. I would say uh, it's. I think Finn Argus did a really good job with like uh, I don't know if he was really singing and probably, but um, I guess because they have him credited as as the person who sang or performed the uh, the music, but um, some of the music. But um, I liked you know his turn as Zach. And like you said, putting in the humor and just kind of finding, you know, he really tried to find the bright spot in his circumstances. And I wish I was that uh, positive a lot of the time in my life. Um, like you said, Morgan, I really liked the uh, the more seasoned actors in this. Nev Campbell, Tom Everett mm-hmm. Scott, Little Rel Howery. He was Excellent, yeah, in my opinion, great. he just really stole every scene he was in. Yeah. Um, Not I a liked... fan of
1: Get Out, but I love him in that one.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> How'd you find me? I'm
1: T.S. Motherfucking A. <laughs> <laughs> or about the scene where what's her name tries to co- uh, tries to get him <laughs> the same way he is like, oh, I got you, I got you. Like, okay, you're a great comic relief there, man. And that's that's neither here nor there, though, but, uh, uh,
0: um, But yeah, uh, I I thought Madison. Isaman, or or Iceman was really good um, as uh, as Amy the girlfriend. Uh, she was you know and not to just put her as the girlfriend. Yeah, but Eiselman. I mean, you know Eiselman, she was yeah. Eiselman. Okay, Eiselman. She I was know. uh yeah she actually was a very interesting presence in the film I thought because she really grounded Zach as a character. Um so I like that aspect of it. I uh I I like Sabrina Carpenter so I thought she did a really good job in this. Um. You know that that relationship that that Sammy has with Zach in the movie, um, for the most part, I really enjoyed it. And then they did that thing where they kind of didn't follow up on that. I wish that they had, or I wish that they had yeah. showed them kind of coming to terms with that. But you know, you know, because you you drop a bomb like that in a in a scene and then don't do anything with it. It's just...
1: Well, even well even then, there's that scene yeah. later on where he goes to visit her and they yeah. start getting intimate, and he realizes, no, this is not possible. And he just guns it out the door. Mm-hmm. That scene could have been handled better. Like way, way, way better. Like instead he like dials back a little bit and soft dial, like goes you know, I can't, I can't, and maybe she gets and they just, you know, embrace each other in a hug and they cry. That's a that's a better idea instead of just gunning it out the door.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, um as, as you know, um,
2: it should be known it's directed by this movie by Justin Baldani. Oh yes. He played he, the yeah,
3: she He had a small role
2: in the house bunny oh um actually i don't know if he actually worked with uh zach for a documentary about terminally ill kids i think and oh. I, actually i think this it's actually this is based on a memoir by zach's mother mm-hmm, actually mm-hmm. the real laura sobiak and you can tell it, it does have like you can really tell it is authentic and that you know these people they just valued zach that much like it and it shines through a thing another thing that kind of where this was more watchable for me than another soapy melodrama type of thing was that like it was yeah it was authentic in that sense that you could just tell they just really want to respect Zach's memory and
0: yeah I, even I was, when they yeah
2: it, and actually it's so close um the crutches uh that Finn argus is uses to walk in this movie those are actually Zach's crutches. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh wow! Yeah, and wow. It, Yeah. So, and it even ends uh, when it shows um, that real photograph when they're all together for a group photo. Yeah, and
1: they see the Z and the, the clouds, Z. clouds and yeah, but, yeah. And yeah. they show the footage to and they Z, show, right? like the was, the picture too. So. That was
0: very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. Uh, I will say one more thing about that that relationship in the movie, such as it was presented of Zach and and Sammy. Um, I think that. I think that, in a way, I mean, I'm glad that they didn't go too far like Smallville with it. You know, Love Triangle kind of thing with it. Um, Smallville!
1: Ten years of my life turned into the worst!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, like, you know, I'm glad that they didn't go too much in that direction, but you know, I'm glad that they still remain friends and all that, because I think that that's probably what happened in real life. Yeah. yeah. But, you know... um, Yeah, it it just it it felt like they were trying to lead us to something there, and then it just didn't really happen. So it was a strange scene. But I will say that I did enjoy the movie overall, and I think they did a good job of presenting uh, Zach's life. And you know, now I know about him, which is something that I didn't before. So
2: yeah, um, I will give you guys this: it may have worked better as a documentary. But then again, I think you can say that about most biopics of inspirational people like
3: yeah. inevitably
2: you're gonna make some dramatic um
0: yeah i mean have, changes have, to it yeah, yeah, yeah but, you can make a movie but, out of you it know, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah your they, mileage
2: may vary when it comes to like how which scenes feel authentic and which don't
0: right
1: yeah i mean they did the same thing with uh, william hartnell as the first doctor in adventure space uh in adventure with space and time mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. all right so yeah final words on that one um see it or don't see it
1: I'd I'd say yeah, I'd say definitely see it. It's it's on Disney Plus. Um, it's a nice little flick despite mm-hmm. some of the nitpicks, which are just relatively minor in comparison. If you like motivational, influential biopics, I'd say this one's definitely worth checking out.
0: Mm-hmm. I I'd okay. say the same thing as well. Yeah, me too. Definitely see it. If you guys have a chance. All right, moving on. Uh, Jacob, what do you want uh to cover next?
2: Well, these next two movies, I think we'd all agree, uh, we're, uh, we have, we have equally positive thoughts about these. First one is Love and Monsters.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I was a little less positive about it at first. Love and Monsters. That's the way it is.
1: <laughs> Cthulhu, did you eat the Cheetos again? <laughs> that's my thought when I heard that. Right. I, just, I immediately thought of Married with Children. And I read the plot, and I'm like, oh, it's less of that. Much less of that.
0: I I will say that my one criticism that I have for this movie is I'm getting a little tired of the you know self-effacing ironic hero who's going through the apocalypse and stuff i know there's a reason behind this but Uh, in the movie but i mean i'm getting a little bit tired of the fact that you know every single thing that i come across i'm gonna crack some self-effacing joke and be ironic and be sarcastic and just be snarky about it because i'm basically buffy
2: yeah i'm and and i did get uh zombie land vibes from this and zombie land
0: exactly yeah that that's the thing i'm getting a little tired of it because zombie land did it better in my opinion, the first one.
2: Okay. So uh the premise is that um okay, so America, the Earth wasn't destroyed by an asteroid, which I thought was really clever, but it was actually um the missiles They're that were um anch- <laughs> at the meteor, it was like the chemicals Who's that resulted from Bay. all these animals.
1: To- I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> Yeah. Instead of shooting no. up Bruce Willis on a crew, let's just shoot Sorry, a bunch Jacob. on an asteroid.
0: Sorry, Jacob. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, there's
1: Jeez. geodes! Ready back to geodes! <laughs> you think when those fuckers rain down on Earth, they're not gonna slice one in half like a penny getting dropped off of
2: a building? <laughs> yeah. yeah, by the way, why would you put um, oil drillers on an asteroid? We could just put <laughs> astronauts
1: to um, drill into the asteroid. Because it would not make an interesting movie. Or be the fuel for an Aerosmith number one rated <laughs> song. <laughs> okay, I'm so, going yeah, so, the asteroid. So the world is
2: plagued by <laughs> man-eating oh, man. animals like a, and um, mutated animals and it focuses on Joel, a guy from Fairfield, California, who, who was separated by his girlfriend um, and his parents were killed. And so, and so um, the world is divided into colonies. All right. And he's just kind of going by, you know, he doesn't really contribute that much, but he remembers uh, his girl Amy uh, with one eye and two E's. All right. And he decides that he's going to trek out to save her um, um, to kind of meet with her. And along the way, he comes across a dog named boy, whose owner was killed he comes across Michael Rooker and some kid and it's about him finding his his, discovering his self-worth and valuing the relationships that he has forged ever since shit hit the fan so um I enjoyed this movie it was a lot of fun actually Morgan why don't we why don't we turn to you yes
1: because i think i have more positive words to say about this film honestly (laughs) no offense um it's interesting because actually this was a spec script done by brian defell who did stuff like the babysitter and underwater which i've not seen to be honest so i have no idea how those movies compare to this one well then again maybe the babysitter because i've seen trailers of it um and the motivate the uh, the idea was that he wanted to do something along the lines of say an apocalyptic road movie like mad max or zombie land but have like a mm. john hughes-esque love story to it and there are some moments that do have a john hughes feel to it that i thought were very genuine and sweet like when he meets that abandoned robot midway through yeah. the movie mavis yeah that, that was a well done i'm like no no don't do that to the robot come on yeah it's like oh. robots gotta go
0: <laughs> see that Why didn't affect having... me at all Why that didn't having... affect me at all maybe i just have a heart of stone i don't know Wow. It didn't affect me at all.
1: Wait to read my novel, buddy. <laughs> I'll be falling in tears by chapter 18. <laughs>
3: mm. oh, 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 I didn't know that I went to the sibling. Oh. Uh, <laughs>
0: We're all
1: <human laughs> um, No, no, you're
0: good, man. Yeah, okay, continue. I'm sorry. Continue. Oh,
1: yeah. And, and then and the scene where he saves the dog from the centipede. I'm like midway through that movie because I was not really too into it. I just thought, okay, it's standard and you know yeah. what it is. And that's the feeling I got. There were some cheap shots that I thought weren't working really well. Like when he comes across the Same. the monster for the first time, you just see a close-up of the head. And then you just see like the aftermath instead of the... Okay, what they do is that there's a breach in one of the creatures, which is a giant roach. Because apparently the asteroid affects all the amphibians and the bugs. Mm-hmm. But it mm-hmm. doesn't affect dogs or cats
0: Apparently not.
1: A little nitpicky, but okay, fine. I, I'll, I'll give this much: the creatures do not look like Starship Trooper clones. I'll give it that much. At least right. there's that. Aren't you glad we don't have a movie that's doing something like uh, Gareth Edwards Godzilla? We have these giant bugs, like something taken out of a Paul Verheeran movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. God yeah, forbid.
2: Like They're yeah, um, actually creative
0: with the designs.
1: At least they look animalistic and anatomically Starship correct. Troopers, but... Yeah.
0: No. <laughs> but yes yes keep going keep going
1: sorry Star- starship troopers is good i have a soft spot for that. it was good yeah. but i mean it was, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: like yeah, yeah, yeah i know what you're saying though if yeah. they redid that as the yeah. monster design it would just be like why why exactly why do, do
1: that no this is something that's more of a cross between the creature designs have a cross between say a ray Harryhausen kind of yeah. design and if it Definitely. was like and if it was like something off of peter jackson's king kong like the spider pit sequence yeah, where it's like yeah, it looks like a spider, but you can clearly see there's like a crab little creature on top of the body with like these little um, uh mandibles and stuff. It's like okay, I can deal yes, with yes, that, yeah. so I'm 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 fine with that. Uh But no, the scene in general is where he he saves the dog for the centipede. When it got to that point, that made me realize okay, I can definitely see what they're trying to do with this movie. Mm-hmm. It's not being this silly goofy b-movie that's all stupid and comical and like oh a monster ah! um that's the point when i felt it really got better for me because the first half i Same. wasn't sucked in at all yeah like hell when michael rooker appeared i kept thinking he was woody harrelson in fact when i first saw him i thought that was woody harrelson <laughs> I, I i rented this off of amazon by the way and they do this little feature where they show the actors yeah, but, faces if you yeah. pause on it so I had to go to, I had to like use the facility or something. And I, I paused it and I saw Mike Rooker's credit appear and I'm like, no, that can't be Michael Rooker. I know Michael Rooker. He's Yondu. He's the aggressive father in Mallrats. It's because of his voice. It's so distinct. Um, it's like a, it's like you cross old Schwarzenegger with, with Yosemite Sam. It's very, very distinct. And I'm listening. I'm listening to him. It's like, no, no, that can't be Michael Rooker, man. I'll, I'll say this, this, this was like
0: I, old school Michael Rooker. Yeah. He didn't really like do Rooker, like Rooker, yeah. the you know, yeah, he didn't do the gruff thing that he normally no, does. No, as Merle no. or as he's always non- like gonna like
1: this boy. Like, you know, that kind yeah. of voice. Yeah. So that was that was interesting of a choice. And by the way, I was annoyed by the little girl. I could not stand her at all. Me too. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. God she was short because I could not stand her, period. Michael Rooker, yes. Her god no. Um let's cut your cur- no, no, she'll open this show by the end of this episode. Um <laughs> I, I'm sure she's a nice person. <laughs> Let her do no, it's just
0: good. yeah, it's it's the character. Uh, you know? horrible kid actors are hard tried. to come by. It's she how tried.
1: she's it's how she's written. Child actors are child actors. If you tell them to do something, they'll do something. Yeah. Uh, what I mean is, you give them the character and they'll they'll do it. I don't want to give a wrong impression or anything. Uh, so when it got to that scene with the centipede, that is where I think the tone of the movie changed for me. It became mm-hmm. less of a silly, stupid, funny film and actually Mm -hmm. came something different and that tone kind of stuck with it and there were some things i thought that were kind of interesting and clever like how the dog is still attached to his original owner and how he still has a memento which is in the form of this dress which i kind of wish there was a better payoff of that in a sense but i do kind of like where they went with that especially later at the end when he goes Mm -hmm. back to save uh uh, when he goes yeah. back to save uh, Joel, there Joel. Joel, my mistake, Joel, Joel. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Whenever I hear that name, I just think of Mystery Science Hero 3000. I can't. I just I can't. Um,
0: See, I think Last of Us. That's what I think of. So I was like, Oh, I've never seen Last of Us. The, the whole time. Well, I mean the the game. So I was, oh, you are, know. Oh, thinking yeah, of the yeah, game yeah. Last of Us, and then I was thinking of like Fallout because everybody's in All a bunker. Right. So <laughs> look,
1: everyone, it's Joel, Joel, Joel. <laughs> yeah. Joel, hey, it's bro, such hey, a survival. casual
0: name. I love it. Yeah. I know, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, my my my, my guilty is Dave. That's see, that's a simple name to use for when I write books. Um but no and then later when the when boy goes back to meet up with Joel, he doesn't have the dress anymore. So I thought, okay, it's kind of interesting seeing how he has a yeah change of stuff. Yeah, I wasn't um, expecting
2: the dog to have any development.
1: <laughs> no at all. Uh and then when it gets to the stuff with the colony he goes into near the mm-hmm. end, it almost that's where it almost fell apart for me, because it's like, okay, you got half an hour left. How are you gonna save this film? And they have this reveal mm-hmm. and that reveal and they have a last minute bad guy at the end,
0: mm-hmm. which Captain Australia.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, Captain Boomerang. <laughs> I thought it was Liam at first. I thought it was liam emsworth too i was like is that uh, what <laughs> I, I
1: can't i can't <laughs> give it away because uh, people are probably gonna watch the movie's 30 million dollars it doesn't look that bad i mean you look yeah. at crampus and that was made for not 25 bad. million uh, nah. so it's not so it, it shows the less the budget the more creative you can be with this kind of thing and that's um yeah, what was I? So that that last half hour really makes or breaks it. And I mm-hmm. liked how they had this Ray Harryhausen style ending with the giant crab. That was kind of like something out of Mysterious Island. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm even though there were some setups that were kind of stupid like you could tell what's the good one or bad one just by the eyes of personality <laughs> oh apparently there's other people on this planet that are evil just by what they do oh sure i'm expecting millions of miles in the ocean there's dennis hopper as the deacon riding the exxon valdez trying to find a fucking dry land there's an octopus just trudging the thing <laughs> Faster, faster! The more we going to try the more we gonna... oh,
0: If we had gotten a sudden posthumous appearance of Dennis Hopper, I think I would have liked this movie a lot it more. It would have been anyway. awesome,
1: just him with the eye patch and everything.
0: Yeah, it, it turns him? out that oh, he man. shot all that. This movie was actually shot before he
2: died.
1: Oh my goodness! Or maybe have Kevin Costner be that would have been interesting. Kevin Costner is the villain instead. Oh, he's the villain! Oh yeah, right. that's yeah. that's the sequel.
0: There you Very go. Meta
1: casting, yeah. <laughs> He's a
0: muto. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, love,
1: I love quoting Waterworld. Can you tell? <laughs>
0: of course, man. Waterworld, classic, classic bad cinema. Okay. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Bad cinema. <laughs> yes, we do.
1: Uh, I think that over the postman, but no. Um,
0: Definitely. One good
1: thing I like about this movie. Last, last, last thing, because everything else is kind of hitting this i like the world building i like i mean okay it's it's a giant post-apocalyptic are you sick and tired of seeing those desert looking apocalyptic futures where very much sand and rusty and brown this one's more green there's
0: terminator salvation terminator salvation's like okay we have a perfect future war scenario but let's just make it a freaking desert
1: exactly yeah. it's metal yeah. and chrome and it's, it's just yeah. so dull here it's a forest it's a jungle and as someone who lives in a very forest kind of area i thought that was an interesting take you see all this vegetation all this growth everywhere mm-hmm. and that was something that i have not seen in a long time since uh uh robot holocaust that's the only example i can think of off the top of my head uh just seeing all this fresh vegetation all these sort of things um so there are some elements of this movie i do especially like i like the john husey moments there's some stuff that i do mm-hmm. like when he meets up with his um his girl at the end mm-hmm. and how that goes because it's like this little back and forth thing where you don't know if they're gonna uh meet together where we hit it off and there's a big reveal and mm-hmm. it felt like such a heavy moment it's like oh my god but it 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 dug up a pretty good plot hole which i didn't think about yeah, yeah. No, I, again i can't spoil it uh i i liked this movie but i don't think it's an instant classic like say no. ghostbusters or no, Starfighter this is gonna be more of a cult classic. It's gonna be one of those movies where an older generation is is gonna pick up on it and they'll find things about it that are kind of unique and interesting. Um, it's not a terribly made movie. There are some things I do like about it, such as the special effects and uh, there are some good performances here and there, but I think it doesn't kick up until midway. And that's the big problem because they're setting up so much in this universe, so much with these characters and I feel like it's a little bit of a drag up until we finally get something that really kicks into full gear, especially with that sand shark creature that chases after him and uses the grenade and stuff. And there are some scenes that don't, really work like the the reason why he breaks up with the dog at one point um oh god that was yeah that yeah, that was that really was out of left field that was really yeah cool. like that yeah. dog has ptsd man you gotta know better than that yeah seriously yeah yeah just being a
2: jerk for just being a jerk exactly. yeah. it
1: just it, it, it he didn't need that uh don't so, you yell at the dog <laughs> <laughs> I, I thank you for killing off the dog Thank you for not At least There were moments where I felt like, oh, are they going go like, to yeah, go that route? yeah, they're going
0: to go that route. Yeah, I was just... afraid of that, too. And the way afraid they're of...
1: teasing and baiting us with that thing. <laughs> just, yeah. oh, no, it's Trapped the Redeemed to beat us rubber ducky. <laughs> <laughs> My babies, no. <new. laughs> uh, I liked it fine. Um, I'm curious to see how this will hold up in later years, but I would not say it's a classic classic. I'd say it's a fine rental.
2: Yeah it's, yeah, it's a fun movie. It's a fun popcorn flick. Yeah. Uh, don't expect to have your life changed by it. Uh, no. It's, but
1: it's it's a good 90 minutes. Um, just get it out. It's on video on demand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 life force, but with a heart. Yeah. <laughs> the only difference is that life force has vampire alien zombies, which are cool. Yeah,
2: so just, just get a <laughs> and couple guys. they explode of
1: guys. when they get hungry.
2: Yeah, just <laughs> Do like a live stream with some guys, um, get some drinks. Yeah, that would be cool. cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: It should should have a reasonably (laughs) good time. You know, just don't expect that much more out of it.
3: No.
0: If nothing else, Michael Rooker's in it. That's always a plus. At best. And Jessica Henwick is the best thing in Iron Fist. So, you know, Mm. yeah. By the way, what the hell is that
1: sequel bait at the end?
0: Right? Oh yeah.
3: yeah. Um, but unless I think...
1: they do a sequel, which wouldn't surprise me. But if they're not, okay. I guess they're adding it on a joke because some comedies have that thing called the button where they end it off on a one-liner and go, <laughs> uh Uh yeah. Like here's an example. Uh Home Alone. Originally they were gonna end it with Macaulay Culkin, uh, the dad going, What did you do this whole entire time? And Macaulay Culkin going, oh just hanging around. Credits. Chris Columbus fought for that ending to show uh, Marley, the neighbor across the street, reconciling with his son.
0: Yeah, that's the heart of the movie. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: So if he didn't have his way, it would have ended it on that stupid one-liner. <laughs> I don't want you in my room. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 It would have ended a little earlier before that. So. Mm.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Um... I, I would say it got better for me, too, towards, you know, like you said, Morgan, uh, exactly at the same point that you were saying, um, it yeah. got better for me as well. So at least it didn't end badly. <laughs> but I will say that uh, <clears throat> I will say that for me, it was just like um, nothing that I haven't seen before. So I would give it like a moderate recommendation and just say, yeah, just just rent it. Don't
1: there's, buy it. there's worse. There's much worse out there. Uh, totally I much worse, yeah. Yeah, Assassin thirty-two AD where they try to save Jesus by means of back to the future. That exists. That came out last no, year. This no. exists. It exists. No. I am not kidding.
0: We should cover that. No, I'm kidding. Um there is right. worse. There's <laughs> uh, are we are we done with this one? You want to move on?
2: Uh yeah, let's yeah, let's move on to uh the grand finale of this. Okay. The one that we can all agree is a <clears throat> damn good flick. It's, yes. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, mm-hmm. directed by George C. Wolfe, and it is notable for being the final film with the late great Chadwick Boseman.
1: Mm. It's uh, Black Panther, man. Yeah, yeah. He,
2: mm-hmm.
1: he was probably my second. He was probably my second favorite Marvel superhero.
0: Marvel mm-hmm. um, old...
1: cinematic universe superhero.
0: Who's your first favorite out of the MCU? It, Rocky Raccoon. So...
1: Yeah,
0: Perfect. Um, <laughs> and
1: Groot. The, 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 I, I can't live without those two. They're, I love them
0: man. All right, Jacob, you want to, yeah, okay, take us through it.
2: Okay, so Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, it's based off a play by August Wilson. It follows the iconic singer Ma Rainey in nineteen twenty Chicago as she is recording her next album. And it's, and this session leads to discussions about, um, about, jazz music um in that time period what it meant for black representation back then. It it is it's a very cynical view of race back in the day. Uh, it's not nearly as uplifting as the trailers may have given you the impression of. Um it's a very revealing yeah. very revealing, very um very tragic. Very and just and it is all worth it if nothing else but just to see chadwick just hitting it right out of the park in his last movie um mm-hmm. it's it's incredible um acting piece it's very well written it's moving in all the right ways and also heartbreaking all the right ways it's 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 a good one okay so um Keona, what are your thoughts
0: Oh man, I, I love this movie. <laughs> it is one of my favorites of uh, of twenty twenty. Um, I I think not just Chadwick. I mean not to not to minimize what Chadwick did in this movie because he is amazing in this movie. I, I almost want to nominate him twice <laughs> for Academy Awards for this uh, for The mm-hmm. Five Bloods and for this. Um, <clears throat> but the whole entire cast in this movie just delivers like these emotional, powerful, utterly just gut-wrenching performances. Viola Davis is oh, fantastic yeah. in this movie. Um, she, she just knocks it out of the park, and how she transforms herself in terms of how she moves and how she responds to people and interacts with people is just amazing. Uh, she's great. And, and by the way, a perfect choice to play Amanda Waller. I know that she was stuck in Suicide Squad, but I mean, seriously. If they ever continue her character in the in the DCU, they need to bring her back as Amanda Waller. She's great.
2: She's gonna be in
1: the in I the think Suicide she's... Squad, so there's that.
0: Yeah, okay. So there's that. Okay. Awesome. Um uh, you know Oh Viola Davis, yes, yes. Viola Davis, yeah. Yes. Um
1: You you were Col- a little crackly there, so I heard something else. Oh, I'm like, wait, wait, wait I'm sorry. what does that mean? Who's Ellie Amanda Davis. Wallace? I don't know who this Amanda Wallace is.
0: Amanda Waller, she's the uh, the the <laughs> character in Suicide Squad. That, that oh
1: yeah. Oh oh, oh. Okay, so I was hearing this. Uh, right.
0: Little comic book, uh, little comic book thing. There. My
1: fault. My yes, yeah, a little comic book film that probably no one remembers too well.
0: <laughs> Again, I liked it because I like that cinema. Okay, th- moving on. It was okay. Um, you know, uh, there's a, a guy named Coleman Domingo who plays Cutler in this, who I think is just. Uh, an incredible actor and I think he really did a, a great job in this film as well mm-hmm. kind of playing opposite Chadwick and their interactions with each other especially at the point where it becomes like you know don't insult my god and, and Chadwick just comes back with like this huge like soliloquy about how how basically you know your your god failed me mm-hmm. um, I think yeah. it, if, if I recall correctly uh,
1: Colm, uh, that character uh, who Coleman yeah. plays he's, he's going to be in Candyman which is coming out later in the year
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He's
0: he's a great, great actor, a very, Mm. very consummate performer. I think. Um, There's a guy named Glenn Turman who played Toledo, who was the pianist of the group, and I think he has one of the best. um, He has one of the best speeches in the film, where he talks about he he kind of you know he kind of frames race as you know like he he uses the metaphor a stew a stew stew. stew. Yes. yes. And that, to me, just the way that they come out of Chadwick's, um, um, Levy's, Chadwick's speech about what happened to his mother. And then they just immediately kind of just go into Toledo's explanation of the stew. And just that whole speech there, it just really strikes me every time I see this movie. Like, it makes me sit up in my chair if I'm doing something else, if I'm, like, you know, checking my email or what have you. That speech just captures my attention. Mm. Um, And it's just, yeah, it's really good. Like, the, the performances are just amazing in this film uh I highly recommend it I would say even like the jazz music the fact that they got Branford Marsalis to do the score for this film um you know I don't know what else to say about it really it's top five for me of 2020 it is a, a film that I highly recommend to everybody who's looking for something to watch on Netflix um i love the blues so what can i say you know george c wolf is the director hats off to him denzel washington produced this um and he also you know he acted in another um august wilson play uh fences adaptation which was fences yeah so you know i know he loves the he loves the the source material and um there's a behind the scenes documentary also on netflix as well that you can watch after the film which, uh, you know, contains everybody just singing just the praises of, of Chadwick and of Viola Davis and everybody on the cast and the crew and costume designs are excellent. <laughs> I mean, like, this this movie should get nominated for some Academy Awards. It, really it
1: should. should. It should. If, um, if Heath Ledger can get a posthumous Oscar for The Joker, anything's game at this point.
0: Yeah, I think Chadwick should be nominated once for supporting actor for Defy Bloods and once for lead actor in this film. I really yeah. do believe that he should be. So, anyway, and Viola Davis should get Best Actress nomination yeah, for this. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, He's great.
1: No, watching this movie, it was it was very powerful and it was very interesting because I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know it was based off of a play. I didn't know too much. I was briefly looking at some history information about yeah. uh, Ma Rainey. Yes. And I was unaware that she was the first uh, Black artist to do recordings I thought that was actually very intriguing. And then when I found out this was a play, it was a little more interesting because it was structured just like a play. It reminded me of those. It really was. Yeah, it reminded me of things like Death of a Salesman or Twelve Angry Men. It's just this one moment building to a certain boiling point. You're in a room boiling point bursts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're in a room with all these characters, and that's yeah.
1: It's laid back. It's a character-driven story it's not really something where a plot is driving it no it's these characters that's what makes it interesting they're rehearsing they're getting ready for this you know one moment and Mm -hmm. you just see the tension and their theologies and their ideas pour out Mm -hmm. chadwick boseman is really good in this film it's a shame we lost him it is such a tragedy and if anything this movie proves he's just incredible just the the way you see his character build at first there's so many layers to his yes. character uh, uh, Levy because Levy, uh, he's cocky and then you see his ambition he's afraid of what happened in the past and he's still mm-hmm. holding on to this hope because he has you know written a song he thinks he's going to make it big and when you see the payoff of that it's so crushing but at the same time it's like yeah you kind of deserve it but at the same time you just feel so awful because that was the truth back then that's yeah. what you know. Pretty much happened
0: when he um, bursts through the door, and then there's yeah. nothing there but a wall.
1: And he's just you know trying to see what's going on. It's just a wall. That's a really good moment. Yeah. Um,
2: um, when he's giving his big speech about um, God's basically abandoned him, and he doesn't believe he's um, all powerful. You know, he just doesn't care about him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, knowing, knowing, no, know no, about what Chadwick was going through at oh, that time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you think, I think a lot of that was fueled by how abandoned he felt? I
0: I think, yeah, I I think possibly, but I think that's that's mainly also in character because that that would have been you know how levy would have reacted i think
1: i and, and I possibly
0: would. for him i think that yeah i mean he might have felt that everybody feels that that anger sometimes i, I
1: and i think i find interesting too ma Rainey feels like a complete opposite to levy because levy mm-hmm. is trying to get a big ma is already knows the way around the business mm-hmm. what happens what goes on so when she says oh they don't you know, care about this, care about that. They don't care about us. Once they have my voice recorded, they're gonna go off and make millions of it. And yeah, that's the tragedy of the whole thing. It's true. They're just she- they're just using these artists for finance and exactly. success and exploitation. Yeah.
2: And it's only the kind of music that white people would like. You know, it's like that. Yeah. It, 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 they so, were kind of like it's more pandering in that case, like to like right. what what was popular. Like they weren't really allowed to fully express themselves. If like that.
3: And-
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Morgan. No, no, no. You first. first. You first. Well, uh, with with Viola, she said that that she played Ma Rainey like she's coming down off of her success. So, like, this mm. is the end of her career.
1: That I definitely felt that going yeah. through this. It didn't feel like it was a start. It was yeah. at the tail end, and I thought that was a neat addition too. It's this very this character that's experienced and seen all these things and here she is playing off of this crew of young musicians that think they're gonna go out and strike it and here she is seeing the true horrors of reality. And you can see that on her face, like that mm-hmm. scene where she's telling the heads of the recording studio to pay mm-hmm. her nephew a fair yeah. amount and they leave and the camera focuses on her and you just see the wheels turning in her head just imagining the conversation everything that's being said behind her back that's a really good moment because yeah. you really do feel that and there's a lot of scenes just like that where it's not all dialogue you just look at the character you see the expression the emotion what they're going through it's a very well shot film and even when they show the scenes where they're recording the numbers and stuff mm-hmm. that was interesting just seeing all the setups it's a real true period piece Either capturing the late 20s just right before the great depression
2: yeah it like- does it didn't feel like a hollywood version of the 20s oh, right no. right uh, it's like one version and yeah you do also see her human side like because her nephew actually has a really bad stutter at first and mm-hmm. and it is kind of like she's always constantly trying to give him a shot even if they had to re-record all these they had to throw out all these records because he keeps starting until finally they until finally they got it and then they find find out that uh he wasn't properly plugged in
1: yeah i think levy was the one that did it and that's left ambiguous
2: but you think that um i didn't catch that you're you're implying that um they accidentally cut him off they intentionally cut him off
1: no, it's ambiguously hinted. They don't really do force um, a reason. Yeah. At first, they realize that the mic wasn't plugged in or it was uh, cut off. And then they all look at Levy and they're like, "Did you do this? No, 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 I could. I swear no, I could. So it's there's again, like I said, there's a lot of ambiguous open doors here that make you question if these characters are moral or if they're not moral, if they're in the right, if they're in the wrong. That's what I like about stuff like this. It doesn't mm-hmm. it, it lets everything. It lets you decide whether or not these characters are good or bad, or if they're corrupted. And at the end of the day, it leads you to those decisions, make you think if what they did was exactly in the right. And I like stuff like that that makes right. you think these things. It's great to have a nice thinking picture.
2: Yeah, the, the trailer, like I, as I said, the trailers make it much look much more um, feel good than um, you it would let on. Actually, like if you, it does peel back an ugly side of you know what the placement of black people in that time and mm-hmm. yeah it's and like i said that's that's what i personally liked about it, is that it was a much more cynical much more brutally honest movie than mm-hmm. any other like it's certainly more honest than something like green book
1: <laughs> oh i i barely remember that movie
2: mm-hmm. i just most people barely, do, and barely remember that No, very good reasons why <laughs>
0: I, I think uh, there were three things that I really enjoyed about this film. Two are funny and one is really thought provoking and, and kind of uh, sad and anger inducing. Um, so the two that are funny is one thing that I loved about Coleman Domingo's performance as Cutler is when he did the, a one, a two, two. a, you know, a what, you know, to know do. what to do. I love that. <laughs> that's great. And I also must be susceptible to Viola Davis telling me to get a Coke because every time she said, I want a Coca-Cola, I wanted a Coca-Cola.
1: <laughs> yeah. Too. That's,
0: that's a good commercial yeah it was it was um and oh another thing too
1: the yeah. the scene when they get sent out the the three black musicians are sent out to get the coke and yes. they open the door and it's all yes. full of white people and it cuts away that was genius that, that was, was genius. genius you could have had a whole snl sketch mad tv scene right there and they don't do that no. they immediately show what is about to happen and they just move away from that and right Mm -hmm. then and there you already have a picture in your head just what is happening and -hmm. it's absolute awkwardness or at least it's something where it's like oh that's kind of fast but no considering how that set up earlier when the cop stops uh ma Rainey to try and get like a ticket or a restaurant or something like that you can definitely tell exactly what the attitude was in that one moment you're thinking in the back of your mind that variety store or that delicatessen
0: and this was after the, the, the Great Migration. So a lot of the the um, African American people who were in the South who were subject to Jim Crow and and just mm. and slave slavery and everything, and then they migrated up north thinking that there would be more opportunities there. And you just get to that scene and it's just like, hmm, I don't know about this, you know. <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And and another thing too, in terms of the use of the music, it once again yes. goes to my point that I was arguing in other uh, episodes they did the vaulting with the Blues Brothers and the mm-hmm. Cotton Club, that when you hear a Black artist sing, that is the true nature of the Blues. It's embedded so in a culture no matter how many times you sing a song or change the tune of a number, it's still going to be the Blues no matter what. It's in country, it's in rock. And mm-hmm. just to mm-hmm. see where that all came from in uh, Black Bottom is just so interesting because they know exactly... The kind of music they're dealing with you know exactly what's going to happen to it it could be turned into a big swing number and no one will know the difference mm-hmm. it's an intriguing look but it's also a very tragic historical look at just exactly what was happening back then with black culture exactly and just yes. see how far we've come now
0: and and the fact that you know levy levy goes to the to the recording uh to the um producer and he says and he says, I want to record this stuff. I want I, I want to do it with my band. you know." I don't the, know,
1: I, I don't think these people will kind of yeah. get it.
0: What do you think, Chuck? Yeah. Yeah,
1: hey, bullshit. Marvin, what do you think of this, Marvin?
0: Yeah, he's yeah. Like, I can give you five bucks for him. That's it, five bucks each row. Uh, yeah. That's it. And then we get to the ending. And this was the thing that I was saying was like rage inducing, is the fact that at yeah. the end, it's done by this like entirely white, entirely yeah. just completely yeah. just neutered the song.
1: Took all the passion
0: out of it, and it's just designed to be played on the radio so that little kids can dance to it and stuff. Like a generic mm-hmm. swing band, exactly. And it's yeah. just not saying the performers weren't good. I'm just saying no, that no, in terms of the, the the
1: transformation of the song, it's transformation like fan of the, of
0: the song is just it, crazy.
1: It, it's like fan of the paradise where they took. um Winslow's song and turn into a Beach Boys number and then a Marilyn Manson goth rock number. Just yeah. the evolution mm. of this one little beautiful ballad is just sliced and hacked into this disgusting Frankenstein monster of a thing. That's not even supposed to be what it is. Now, can I, I just
0: can I ask that. you guys something? Uh, what did you think of the scene where Levy actually kills Toledo? Ooh, that
2: was a that was a gut punch.
1: Yeah, that, that was, was.
2: a...
0: Ugh. I was just. That like, was. I deep. did not expect that.
1: That was. That was. Uh, that was definitely deep. I, I, it was
2: like, in, in a way, it was all kind of building up to that. So I guess we shouldn't it have was. been that surprised. But
1: I mean, that's what I was saying earlier really about boiling point. It's just slowly yeah. inching its way to a moment, and it's going to have this big dark turn, and it's going to really make you question the moral, yeah, the morality of said character and whether they were in the right or the wrong. This is just a guy that had a really bad day and for him to vent it in the wrong way you can just easily see his career coming to a crash right mm-hmm. just right when he stabs toledo and it's just so depressing even when toledo has that little swillicle about the stew it just yeah. comes so
0: what tragically fast man do
2: yeah uh, and in that and he starts yeah. out he starts out so happy too like he buys those really nice shoes that's why how Expensive they were and
1: scuffed my shoes, man. Look, I'm sorry, yeah. Ugh. Yeah,
2: and you know, it's interesting. Like, you know, we were just talking about how far, um, you know, black representation has come. And that oddly enough, like a, a great example of that is Chadwick's career because uh, with Black Panther and stuff, and you know, mm-hmm. that was, I, I feel like he felt like a movie like this was sort of part of his mission statements, which was to show. Um, black history. Um when he when played Jackie Brown in 42 and James Brown and Get On um Up oh, yeah. and Thurgood Marshall oh, yeah. and Marshall. Mm-hmm. So this guy, he clearly had a mission and, and when is it and and I think part of that was to show you know how far we've come since then. Um you know mm-hmm. since the twenties. Even when the, the the jazz music boom of that era and you know I think as tragic as his his career was tragically cut, um, I can't think of a better um send off than this movie. I honestly can't.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So,
2: yeah. Uh, rest, rest in peace. In, yeah. Rest in power, Chadwick. Forever. Mm-hmm. And I look forward to hearing him one last time in that uh Marvel What If series on Disney Plus. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about those. So that's, mm. it's going to be very bittersweet, as I mentioned before, on the Cartoon Saloon Tuned Up podcast with Cam and Mike. But, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: yeah, it's that's going to be hard. But, you know, at least he went off on a high note, man.
1: Rest yeah. in peace. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, too, on a side note. Uh, this movie is produced by Denzel Washington. And this yeah. is part of a deal oh. he had with HBO to produce mm-hmm a couple of august uh, wilson's plays but oh, it moved over oh, no. to netflix so mm-hmm. it kind of makes me wonder just what other ones they would adapt for netflix especially hmm. after the success of Ma rainey because on its first weekend alone it was the most watched movie on netflix and i'm so after glad this to hear that. <laughs> yeah after this i'd be curious to see what else he could dig up because there's a couple of good ones by august wilson like um uh joe turner's coming, and gone the piano lesson
0: i'm loving it so far yeah keep it going keep it going please please <laughs> yeah all right guys so do you want to have we said our piece on that um do you guys want to move on um so, here.
2: so i'm gonna say ma rainey it's an incredible film great acting piece uh amazingly written mm-hmm.
1: uh just just go watch it yesterday on netflix (laughs) it's it's one of the best of 2020 hands down it's quintessentially it is the kind of movie we expect good performances good character pieces it's just all around an amazing job that's all i can say about it and if this doesn't win any golden globes or oscars you're going to be hearing Mm -hmm. a gallon of swear words (laughs) hovering over lake (laughs) michigan i am not kidding (laughs) And I'll be hearing them uh, better because um, I actually live in Michigan. There you go. And <laughs> <laughs> the Christmas story reference makes even more sense than ever before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seriously, it's a, it's a great movie.
0: Yeah. Um, Ke- I totally agree. It's a great movie. Everybody should go and watch it immediately. Stop what you're doing. Stop listening to this. Just go and watch it. Okay. Anyway. Hmm. Um, also, I want to give some credit to the guys that we didn't really talk about too much, which was Michael Potts' as slow drag. He was awesome in the movie as well. And, oh, yeah. And uh, Taylor Page and and Brown. Uh, Taylor Page was Dusty May. The I, I think, was she Ma Rainey's daughter?
1: Uh,
0: I believe so. I think, maybe, possibly. Anyway, I wasn't too sure about that connection, so maybe somebody can tell us in the comments yeah. or something. Uh, and and Duson Brown, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, was Sylvester. He was the the nephew who had the stutter did a really great job i think
2: yeah everyone did everyone
0: yeah so um yeah definitely go and see it uh you know sit there on your couch and watch it bring it up on netflix it's awesome um okay guys so in conclusion for this episode i think we're gonna go down some quick recommendations if anybody has any um jacob you want to start first anything that you've seen that you want to recommend real quick
2: uh um not really i I can't think of any movies that i've just literally have just seen.
3: Okay.
0: Morgan, any recommendations you have real quick?
1: I guess in terms of a side recommendation, I might have brought up this before, but considering the pattern that we've had today, Mm -hmm. um, I'd say for all of you folks that are tuning in, definitely check out Francis Ford Coppola's The Cotton Club, the Encore Edition. Uh, This is a feature film back in 1984 that did not do very, very well. It was Robert Evans' Baby that was supposed to be a historical feature film. On the Cotton Club, the performers, the people that ran it, and years later, actually about two uh, a year or two ago, uh, Coppola gave out this uh, all-new edit of the movie with extended musical numbers and then some additional bits here and there that I personally feel do strengthen the movie beautifully in terms of mirroring um, a lot that was going on back then between not only the mafia crowd but also the black artists who performed at the Cotton Club. It's a very interesting movie with some great performances from Richard Gear, Fred Gwain, Gregory Hines and his brother who do some amazing tap dance sequences in this movie. I wow. highly recommend checking it out. Awesome. Uh, there's a subplot involving a biracial character that's kind of interesting and I wish there was a little more of that. And if you want some fun, there's Nicolas Cage doing Nicolas Cage. <laughs> That's the best way to say it. It's Nicolas Cage <laughs> is Nicolas Cage. Uh, Fred Gwynn is mm. Herman Munster is paired with Bob Hoskins. Why would you not want to see that? <laughs> mm. It's awesome. great. Yeah, it that, that's really a, great good, man. Scene. It's, it's have... a great scene involving a watch. That's great. Um, um, yeah, I'd out. say yeah. go watch the Encore edition. It's, if you like Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, that's my supplement to go off of that. It's, it's a very beautifully made movie. It's a shame it didn't do well in its first run, but it has a decent cult following at best.
0: Yeah. Okay, and, very cool.
1: Any recommendations?
0: Yes, uh, I am actually going to recommend a couple of left field ones. Uh, I know that uh, Cam and Mike were talking about it on Renegade Animation the previous episode uh, Batman Soul of the Dragon. If you like 70s infused martial arts, uh, you know, 70s funk music soundtracks in your batman animated shows uh give it a watch because it's it's got some fun plus lady shiva and bronze tiger and like a whole bunch of characters that are lesser known but still awesome king snake for that sake makes an appearance um, all right snake. and also uh um i'm going to recommend shits creek because i am oh, watching that show like and Chris i Elliot, love that show
1: Eugene Levy. <laughs> yes I What's love wrong that with the show. Man.
3: So much fun. <laughs> what
1: is it wrong with the billboard? They're both cousins. That, that, is... <laughs> <It's> <laughs>
3: that okay <show> cousins. <laughs> is
0: amazing. So when you get your Netflix, you know, going to watch Ma Rainey. Right after Ma Rainey, if you want to just, you know, have a palate cleanser, kind of lighten things up, you just go and do, uh, do, do Shit's Creek because that that show is so great. And if um, you're
1: Disney Plus, and you're a little sad from Clouds. Go watch Earth to Ned. There you go. That's yeah. amazing, Earth to Ned. Yeah, <laughs> It's funny, of all the Muppet-related projects or Jim Henson company-related projects, between that and Muppets uh, Now, it's Earth to Ned that's more fascinating. It's kind of sad in comparison. I'm not yep. saying Muppets Now is bad. It's interesting, <laughs> but Earth to Ned, oh my God, you have Paul Rugg as an alien. How are you not going to like I, that?
0: I actually want to watch them both, to be honest.
1: They're both worth it, but I say Earth to Ned is a hair better. Just, awesome. just in terms of energy and humor.
0: All right, guys. And with that, I think we're going to bring this episode to a close, right? Um, and uh, thank you to our special guest, Morgan. Uh, where can thank people you. find you if they want to follow you online?
1: Uh, if you can follow me. But I, sorry. You can follow. <laughs> Take
0: two. Don't worry. Get him his coke. We'll fix it in post
1: later okay. later uh <laughs> you, if you want to follow me you can find me on twitter at moviebuffmel 90 that's moviebuffmel f f m e l nine zero. um i also have a facebook group page you can follow me there on uploads of future episodes season eight is coming next month or whenever this will do probably sometime around in february uh you can do so at facebook.com slash group slash official vaulting you can uh, like the page and get updates on when the next episode will be. In terms of also when um, will uh, me and my crew at the Drive and Mutants will do a live uh, live streamer. If we do them on Saturday nights at eleven, so you will see updates on those as well. Uh, also, if you'd like to see a little extra of the show, go on to Patreon.com/vaulting, where you can not only get uh, requests for five dollars five dollars that's a good deal just five measly dollars (laughs) price of a
0: frappuccino guys
1: five dollars uh but also for a dollar you would be able to see episodes far in advance um even some behind the scenes outtake stuff and things like that so check that out if you have the chance aside uh from that thank you for having me on it's been a trip and i look forward to taking part in future episodes
0: if need be been a pleasure, man. You're gonna definitely be back on this show, so don't worry about that. Uh, I, I
1: can see it now. You, I see you jangling the handcuffs in the background. <laughs> you don't need to put those down.
0: <laughs> I told you to put the glass in the other way, Marty. Well, as you all know, I do have a couple pairs of handcuffs in the house. No, I'm kidding. Okay, uh, that's a joke. That's a joke, everybody, that's a joke. All right, all right. Um, you can see them right there. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Jacob, <laughs> where can, can everybody find you on- online? You can find me on Twitter <laughs> and Facebook. <laughs>
2: Uh, Jacob <laughs> Krehbiel on uh, Twitter and Facebook. I'm also a part
1: of the Renegade Pop Culture Facebook Facebook group. See. Oh, I have I have a curse, my grandmother. It's the Witchy Pool laugh and mispronouncing words and phrases and names. Okay,
0: <laughs> okay. Right. Jenna,
1: Where can we find you guys? Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: Well, you can find me on renegadepopculture.com. That's where we have show notes. Is where we have the episodes. We also have uh, articles and all kinds of fun stuff. Recently retooled the website so it's easier to find older content. So hopefully you guys are enjoying that. Um, You can also uh, find us at the Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash group slash RPC42. I am on Instagram at neoplasmic24. Also on Twitter and Facebook, our official pages are at Ren Pop Culture. No Stimpy, just Ren. All right, guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. Stimpy got left out. Sorry, Stimpy, you idiot. OK, anyway. Um, poor Stimpy. Poor Stimpy. Yeah, we love oh, Stimpy. Yeah. It's OK. Uh, all right, guys. So we will talk to you later on the next episode of Home Theater. This is going to be coming out when, Jacob? When are we planning the next one?
2: Uh, we're planning the next one around um, in a couple of weeks, I believe. Yeah, we're actually going around February fifth and time for awesome. earwig and the witch the new oh, also, ghibli movie
0: also also Max. guys also guys go watch wandavision it's pretty awesome oh yeah wandavision i recommend wandavision all right there you go there you go okay guys we will see you guys on the next home theater episode and also we will have morgan back for that one hopefully <laughs> <laughs> all right peace all right. out everybody bye 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 <laughs>